What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. I want to talk about fighting the fear of competition. And the reason why I want to talk about fighting the fear of competition is that competition, especially in the day that we live in, has been stigmatized to the point that people like myself have created definitions and philosophies and thoughts and feelings that are counterintuitive to our own progress and purpose. And so I want to spend some time talking about how um, we can become our own worst enemies when it comes to our personal progress and what we need to be thinking about with regard to healthy competition. What um, drove me to this was um, I was recently engaged in an activity where I was asked to um, manage a nomination committee for a board of directors. And the, I think one of the things that the pandemic has done for us is it has highlighted the importance uh, of, of leadership and the ability to really innovate uh, beyond the regular or the norm. Um, and in the process of um, encouraging people to pursue or to consider um running for this board, like everybody was saying to me, I don't want to run because of the people who are on the board who are already uh, positioning themselves and who have already established themselves as leaders. There's no way I can beat them. And I got to thinking about how much especially in my own life, God has like really revealed himself to me, whether it be through my leadership style, um, whether it be through um, the way that I preach or teach, the way that I mentor, the way that I experience others, the way that I am experienced. And I think that the this new level of confidence that comes as a result of just spending time with myself and the Lord, like has really positioned me to think beyond like my own ability. Like literally I have learned in this season how to really um, make secondary my philosophy or opinion about my own ability um, when considering God's power, his authority and his goodness in my life. And so I wanted to just spend some time talking about how um, we, um, as people, um, become our own hindrances, like how we um, can get in our own way. And I want to, hopefully, in the time that I have, work to uh, free you and myself, uh, because a friend said that she feels like I'm doing my own uh, therapy when I do these podcast episodes, but to free us from this idea that we should be afraid to compete against each other. And I, I guess um, I want us to be thinking about it from this perspective. Like, do you get anxiety when you think about this idea of competing? Um, do you have like a fear of competition that to an extent has been influenced 
like or has had an impact on your professional life, your dating life, um, your you know ability to be an entrepreneur, to be an excellent entrepreneur. Um, what I want to do today is share some principles that the Lord like really um, kind of spoke to my heart about through a passage of scripture, and I'm going to get to that scripture at the end. But first, let me just talk about what this episode is not about. It is not about competing for things that don't belong to you. So if you are in search of or, or in, in, in need of somebody else's business, somebody else's anointing, somebody else's spouse, this is not going to be the episode that's going to encourage you. If it does, I just want to shoot myself in the foot because I don't want you to be encouraged if your intentions are wrong. This is not about competition that is free of integrity. This is about competition that is full of integrity. Integrity, excuse me. And then also, it's not about competition that's birthed through jealousy, right? Because sometimes, like we 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 feel competitive, but we are our competitiveness is driven by someone else. This is really about how to wake up the competitive edge on the inside of you that is not coerced or encouraged um, because of some type of malintent. This is just how do I birth pure spirit of competition in my heart. So the principles that, that, that I want to share are going to be extremely beneficial to people who are considering like career advancement, working, working and developing and sustaining and growing a business, or, you know, maybe you're, you're thinking about online dating, um, putting yourself out there a little bit more. Um, I think this, this, this episode is going to be really great for somebody considering or wrestling with uh, a ministry calling and trying to figure out where to go and what to do next. Um, it, 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 wherever you fit, um, I think that anytime we're talking about competition, uh, anytime we're talking about advancement in life, I think it's important for us to get a couple of things out of the way. I want to submit to you that there are three key things that are the enemies of progress. And hopefully, like, if these things have been things that have gotten in your way, you can recognize them and begin to address them. First of all, addressing them through prayer, addressing them through taking an analysis of your behavior, really, like, going back and reconciling with friends and people and situations and even yourself, having to forgive yourself if that is necessary. Um, and then also um, really just, if, if necessary, pursuing therapy um, so that you um, can really be able to think through these things and break cycles in your life that are unhealthy. So the first, um, I said there are three things, the three things that are sort of the enemy, not sort of, the three things that are the enemy of progress from my perspective, because this is my podcast, so I can tell y'all what I think the three things are, right? The first thing is comparison. Comparison will ruin you comparison will ruin you. We have, and I, I just want to say that I think that sometimes like comparison is like so natural 
um, that we just forget how much it hinders us. Like we get so used to comparing ourselves to other people and like using other people and other things as a measuring stick that we don't even think about how harmful it can be. And so one of the things that I pray that anyone who is listening um, does is I'm, I'm praying that you be released from comparing yourself to other people. I'm praying that you be released um, from other people's control over you because they are comparing you to other people, whether that be your parents who are comparing you to another sibling, whether that be a manager or a boss at work who is comparing you to another employee. Whatever the case may be, we have to realize that the dark and daunting work of comparison will keep us in a hole that is very difficult to climb out of. And so we have to ask ourselves, why do I compare myself? Why am I so inclined to compare myself to other people? Why can't I be released um, from comparison? The reason why is because we, we, we Satan, I'm going to talk about the, the, the infrastructure of Satan. He does not want us to see ourselves in the way that God sees us. His, his, his idea, and, and, and whatever Satan might be to you, because some people say, well, I'm not a Christian, so I'm not, I'm going to cut this podcast off because you're talking about Satan. Whatever the enemy is in your life, whatever the, 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 the thing that stands in the way of progress is for you, there is a tendency to put comparison in the way because we are always judging ourselves by what already exists. Right. And so I'm a foster kid um, who graduated from college with a 2.9. And so uh, then I start comparing myself to other students. Then I start comparing myself to other foster kids. And what I don't realize is the promise that God has for me is not attached to my GPA. It's not attached to my parental identity. It's not a- attached to partnerships and systems and people that I know. It's purely a base on who God created me to be. And so once I realize that I am God's anointed, once I realize that that I am the person that God called, once I realize that I'm the person that God equips, then I realize that I actually don't need to compare myself to other people. And let me go a step farther than that. I realize that comparing myself to other people is almost a slap in the face to God that created me. His word said that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That means that when he made me, he did not make a mistake. He knew what I would endure. He knew who I would meet. He knew who would raise me. He knew the tragedy and the difficulty that I would experience in life. And still he designed me perfectly with a purpose attached to who I am, who I would be, and who I used to be. So... It's, there, there's this dangerous world of comparison because it causes me to believe that my progress is specifically uh, uh, held up by what somebody else is doing, saying, or being. And that's not God's will for my life. And so that first thing is the danger, the, the thing that hinders progress is comparison. The second thing 
friends that we have to learn to get over is false humility. I got an episode that I talk about false humility like for about an hour. So look at my, um, if, if you're a regular listener, you, if you're a newer listener, check out my episode on false humility. Man, I was talking about that stuff and I meant it. I'm defining false humility as such. False humility is deflating your experience, your credentials, and your accomplishments for the sake of others because others have created these false definitions of what it means to be humble. And so we walk in these definitions and so we're afraid to talk about our accomplishments. We're afraid to talk about the things that we have conquered. We're afraid to talk about the things that God has brought us to and through because we're worried about other what other people might think about how we show up. Listen, We are living in a season, especially after we have experienced uh, financial hardship, have we experienced such a a crazy pandemic where we need to show up and be who God has called us to be in every arena of our life. We can no longer afford to play games with our identity. And so when we show up, if we are struggling with how to present ourselves without seeming arrogant, then what we have to do is ask God to help us. And so there's nothing wrong with projecting the gifts and the callings that God has put in your life, whether those be spiritually or professionally. There's nothing wrong with projecting who you are to God and who you are in the universe. And sometimes we downplay what we have gone through, what we have experienced, who we know, how we've come to the place that we've come to, because we are concerned about what other people might think. And the reality is, is that those people don't matter unless they do, right? And so, there there have there are some opportunities I can guarantee you that I have missed because I have been reluctant to talk about who I am and who God is to me and what it means. And so sometimes like I when I become cognizant of that, I have to remind myself that I should not be ashamed to talk about the goodness of God and who he is. Maybe there was a period in my life where I didn't really want to talk about um, what it meant to grow up in foster care because I thought that people would stigmatize me or they would assume that I was ineligible or unqualified for the things that I was experiencing. I didn't want people to pigeonhole me or to treat me in a certain way because of the way that I was raised. And so I wouldn't tell people. I had to come to the realization that my greatest testimony is because I came from somewhere and where I have come from is so far from where I'm at now that it is a blessing, right? And so um, we, we must be thinking about how we project ourselves so that we don't miss opportunities that God has for us. So we said comparison would, will, will hinder our progress and so will false humility. And finally, the thing that will hinder our progress almost the most is laziness. We've got to reflect on what laziness means to us. And that might be when we are tired and we have not pushed ourselves. That also might mean when we don't want to get tired and so we don't even push ourselves to to, 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 to make effort to do anything. One of the things that I learned in my 20s that definitely has been a blessing to me in my 30s is that when I had the strength in my 20s, I did not believe in a day off. I worked very hard because I wanted to make sure that what I was, that, that, that my investment would someday pay off. Now, I can't work as hard as I worked in my 20s. I really can't. I mean, I could pull all-nighters and be just fine. People would be looking at me like, have you had coffee? And I'd say no, because I didn't need coffee in my 20s. I need Jesus and coffee and strength in my 40s. I'm only 40, but for the 
five months that I've been 40, I have definitely relied on some coffee and the strength of the Lord. I'm saying that to say that we need to evaluate when we need to push ourselves farther, when we need to go beyond, when we need to pick ourselves up and apply for the job or apply for the graduate program or whatever it is, because if we do not do that, then we are in our own way. And so um, I, I, I'm resting today on a very popular story in the Bible, and I wanted to wait to say all that I have already said because I didn't want to blow the surprise. But I got to thinking about David. David um, was just a young boy. He was a shepherd boy. He was the son of Jesse. The Bible says that God had ordained um, a, a son of Jesse's to serve at a greater level. And he sends the prophet to the house of Jesse and tells Jesse, you have a son that God has called and ordained to be king. And so Jesse immediately began to think of his strong and, and burly and mature sons. He, he brought all of his sons, uh, um, he lined them up and the prophet said, no, 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 not that one, not that one, not that one, not that one, not that one. And the prophet probably began to question himself like, now, Lord, you told me that Jesse had a son that would be ordained king. And none of these fellows are the person for which you have sent me to tell Jesse and to anoint as king. And so Jesse, the prophet says to Jesse, you must, you must, you must have, you, you must have another son somewhere. And, and, and Jesse said, well, I do have another son, but he's just, he's my youngest boy. He, he's not as focused. He's ruddy. He's a pretty boy. He's, he, 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 he's a shepherd. I just have him taking care of the sheep. He's probably not somebody that you want to talk to. And, 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 and the, and the prophet said, no, 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 that sounds about right. Go get him. Um, and because the, the, this is the person that I believe that God, um, has anointed. And I just want to say that there will be some tables, friends and brothers and sisters, friends, there will be some tables that you are not initially called to. Let me say that again. There will be some tables, some spaces, some some podiums that you are not initially called to because people believe already in their minds that you are underqualified, that you are not mature enough, that you're too pretty, that you're not serious enough, that you're not educated enough. There will be some tables and spaces and places that you will not be initially called to because of those with influence. They will not believe that you are credible or capable. But guess what? When God has called you, it doesn't matter if you're out in the field. It doesn't matter if you're working at McDonald's or Chipotle or or, or, or Ross or TJ Maxx. It doesn't matter if you're working at our Ikea or the Bel Air or the Safeway. When you are God's anointed, the, the anointing of God will find you. If the anointing of God rests on you, your gift will make room for you. And the Bible says it will bring you before great men. And so the, the, the gift, the anointing that was to be on David's life, it didn't matter where he was and what he was doing. David um, is positioned um, through in, 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 as a young boy, as a young man, as a young adult, um, to take on a, a, a giant in the person of Goliath. Now, listen, everybody in Israel was afraid of Goliath, not just Goliath, but Goliath's people. They were tall giants. And, 
and and listen, nobody wanted to go uh, and 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 take on Goliath. Not even King Saul. King Saul was like, you know what? My nerves are bad. This is not a battle that I can fight. David walks up and he says, guess what? I will go. I will do it. And so Saul says, tell you what, son, um, I'm going to give you my armor so that you can put on to take on to to, to take on this this huge giant. And 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 David says, no, 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 that does that 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 won't fit. Your armor won't fit for the for the job that God has called me to do. And that's my second point. I might have six points. I don't know, but I'm almost done. My second point is, is that some things will not fit for what God has called you to do. Listen, David, he might have been able to fit perfectly Saul's armor, but it was not what God called him to do and to use in order to get victory. And so there will be things offered to you. There will be jobs offered to you that won't be a good fit. They might seem perfect, but they won't be a good fit. There will be um, career opportunities and entrepreneurial opportunities that will not be a good fit. Some things that are presented to you, they they make sense, but they won't make purpose. And so David had to realize that 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 Saul's armor was not going to do it for him. Listen, from the outside looking in, David is severely underqualified to fight Goliath. He he's not a fighter. He's never fought in a war, according to scripture, um, to indicate that he fought in a battle before, um, no scripture to indicate that he had the appropriate uh, 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 equipment to, to, to fight a giant. Um, no, no, there's no scripture to uh, communicate that he even had the confidence. He didn't even have the confidence of his father or his friends. He didn't have the confidence of the king, really, when the king was offering him um, his own battle gear. So David is severely underqualified from what it looks like. And, 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 and the more that David... Um, is talking to Saul and preparing for battle against Goliath, the more it seems silly, right? So, so you don't want any of this armor? Like, you, are, you young man, are going to take on that big old giant and all those people from Gath. I do not think so. It seemed crazy. But let me submit to you that the, the, that, that the thing that David owns, I'm going to tell you five things that David had that nobody else had. And these five things, these five principles, these five ideas are exactly what it will take to get over the fear of competition. The first thing that David had is that he had confidence. There was nothing that would stop him from what he believed he was capable of doing because of the way that his confidence was set up. Listen, how is your confidence set up? How is your confidence set up? Because if you believe you can do it, even if you can't do it, when you get started, the only thing that you can do is fail. But if you fail, you'll be, at least be able to say that you did it. And so David was confident. And so the question is, where is the seed of our confidence? What are we doing to build our confidence? See, the, 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 let me tell you about David's confidence. And, and this is the second thing that, that David had. David David's confidence did not come from experience that he had beating a giant. David's confidence did not come from the fact that he fought in a battle before. David's confidence came in to play because he had transferable skills. David knew what it was like to protect sheep. And the Bible says that David had some experience killing a lion and a bear that had gotten in the way of, 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 of his sheep. David said, now, now, now I'm looking at this, this giant, and to you all, he looks like a giant. But when I look at him, I see the lion and the bear 
there that tried to approach the sheep for which I was given responsibility for. And so David has some confidence, not only in himself, but he had confidence in his transferable skills. Listen, if you're going to be anything and go anywhere, you've got to know that you have to have faith in your skills. You have to believe that the places and spaces and experiences that God has set before you, he set those things before you for the purpose of allowing you to walk fully in your promise. And so David, he counted on himself and he believed in his transferable skills. So he had confidence, he had transferable skills, and then David had an idea. And not only did David have an idea, David knew how to protect his idea. Walk with me. David had already decided in his heart, I don't need Saul's armor. I don't need a whole army behind me. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take three small stones. Listen, this this is very unique because from eye view, somebody is going to say, what is he going to do with three small stones? See, uh, um, there's a reason why um, David does not tell Saul what he is going to do in order to in order to take Goliath out. Because the reality is, had he have told Saul, actually, I'm going to kill him with a slingshot, Saul would have been looking at him like, you fool. Now, I've changed my mind about allowing you to represent us because you clearly don't have, you're going to kill a big old giant with a little rock, a little pebble. Do you see how big that man is? But this is what David had to do. He had to protect his ideas. He had to protect his plan. And listen, saints of God, friends, brothers and sisters, if you want to get over the fear of competition, you have to have confidence in yourself. You have to have confidence in your transferable skills, and you have to have confidence in your plan. Your plan would not make sense for other people. You have to learn how to not tell the wrong people the things that you are going to do, because the wrong people will take your plan and will tear it apart. Listen, there are some things, you. everybody has a friend where, like, if you tell them something too, too premature, Surely they don't know how to receive it. And so they start asking you all the questions. How are you going to do that? Where are you going to get the money from? When are you going to get that started? When are you going to have the time to do that? They start asking you all these questions. And before you can even get the answer to the questions out of your mouth, you are discouraged because you're thinking about the fact that, yeah, well, maybe they're right. Maybe I can't do that. Maybe I don't have enough time. Maybe I don't have enough resources. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe maybe I am underqualified. You start talking to people about your plan. And the more you talk to the wrong person about your plan, the more they deflate you. David was like, don't worry about it. Whatever I do, I do. And when I get done doing it, you will see the the, 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 the power. But there are some things that God gives you. It ain't for you to tell everybody. And so David, he not only has confidence, he not only has confidence in his transferable skills and in himself, but he also knew that he had a plan and he protected that plan. The other thing is, is that he had a goal. He said, listen, I'm going to kill Goliath. That was his goal. He said, I'm going to take this giant out. That was his goal. And, and, and the thing that we have to remember is that, listen, you cannot uh, uh, overcome um, or, or, or win if you don't have a target. You need a target. You need an idea of where you want to go. You need a job that you want to accomplish. You need a, a, a revenue stream that you want to acquire. You need a goal. You need a giant to take down. You need a, 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 a fence or a tree to climb. You need something that you can look to and say, that is my next 
thing to overcome. That is my next struggle, my next hurdle to jump over. You need something to inspire you and to keep you going and to keep you in the gym and to keep you in the at the bank and to keep you at the job. You need something that inspires you to continue to go on. And so not only did he have confidence in himself, not only did he have transferable skills, not only did he have an idea that he protected and a plan that he protected, but he had goals. Finally, my brothers and sisters, the thing that I almost will say is the most important thing that David had. He made himself available. Listen, that's it. He made himself available. He made himself available. There are some things that will never come your way because you have not made yourself available, Monique. Dominique, because I don't want nobody spelling my name wrong. Dominique, there are some things that you have not been able to do because you have allowed fear to cripple you and become unavailable. You've been telling yourself you're unavailable because you're a perfectionist and you can't go any kind of way. You've been telling yourself you're unavailable because you don't feel like it. You're a, 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 a homebody. You're unavailable because you, you, you're, you're an introvert. You're unavailable because you work two jobs. You're unavailable because you just don't get into that whole Facebook thing. You're unavailable because you don't do social media. You're unavailable because you only go to church on Sunday morning and nothing else. You're unavailable because you don't do the whole Bible study thing. You're unavailable because you don't think it takes all that. We have come up with all these things that have gotten in the way of our progress. And so because of that, we become unavailable. Listen, you can't get anything that God has for you if you do not not avail yourself. That means that you're going to have to go to that mixer even though you don't want to. It means that you're going to have to put yourself in places where God can reveal himself. Now, the reality is is that everything that God wants to do for you, you don't even have to leave your house for him to do. Everything that God wants you to do, you don't have to log on to the internet in order for him to do it. Everything that God wants you to do, you don't even have to apply for it in order for God to do it. But when you leave the house, when you go to that event, when you log on to that Zoom, When you apply for that job, you position your faith as such that God can prove himself to you. And so the thing that David said is that I might not be strong, I might not be wealthy, I might not be a warrior, but I am available and God is going to meet my availability with victory. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? God is going to meet your availability with victory. Listen, I don't even know what my subject was because I got excited and I got to talking and I don't know what I'm going to call this podcast episode. But the one thing I do know is that God wants us not to be afraid to put ourselves out there and to allow him to move us and to shape us and to allow him to position us to walk fully in our promise. We can't be scared. We can't allow ourselves to be overcome by false humility and laziness and comparison. We've got to move forward. We've got to know that what God put in us, as we allow it to work in us, we cannot fail. And most of all, because he will not God bless you. And let me just say a word of prayer before I go, because I want you to be encouraged in the Lord. If you have stayed this long, you have stayed engaged, and you hear what I'm saying, I want you to sow into what I'm saying in your own life, right? And so if this sowing might mean um, buying something to connect, it might even mean buying a calendar. It might mean 
um, you know, buying a piece of equipment. It might mean picking up the phone and calling somebody. It might mean applying for the job that you said. Whatever it means, I want you to trust God for that thing. And I want you to be praying as you take that action, that, that step of faith. I'm going to pray now. Father, we thank you so much for those who have listened to this episode. We thank you, Father, for those who put their trust in you, Father. We pray even now, God, that you would strengthen us, Father, that you would cause us to be strong in you, Father, confident in who you have called us to be, Father. We pray now, God, that you um, would cause us not to operate in false humility and laziness and comparison, Father, but that you would help us to understand who and what you have called us to be, Father, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, Father. We pray, God, that we will remember, Father, that you have adopted us as your sons and daughters, Father, and called us for such a time as this, Father, to walk fully in the authority that for which you have given us, Father. We pray, God, that as we sow in faith, as we move in faith, Father, that we would know, Father, that God, if it's for us, it's for us. If if, if you've allowed it to be, Father, it's for a reason, Father. And we thank you for the strength that you give us to believe. We thank you for the faith that you give us to believe, Father. And we pray, God, that what we have said does not fall on bad ground, Father, but that it falls on good ground, Father, and that those who have heard this word, Father, would not only listen to it and internalize it in their heart, Father, but that they might even share it with somebody else who would be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Season with soul, with soul, with soul.